Hello, more than muscle family. Welcome. Today, I want to talk to you guys about macro planning, how to set up your own personal meal plan based on macros. There's a lot of people who are really afraid to do macro based meal plans. And honestly, I don't know why. I feel that a lot of people are just because it feels like it's restrictive. I actually feel like there's more freedom in a macro-based meal plan than there is almost other types of diets or weight loss paths. Why? Because um, you have a set structure guidelines to go by. And when you have that set structure that you know is going to be best for you, you have more freedom to do other things inside of that structure to meet your needs, but also to allow yourself to be okay with a few things here and there to give or take and swap things in and out to make it better for you. So as an example, if you are following, let's say a FODMAP diet, and that's a very extreme diet that um, has to do with a lot of sensitivities. You're moving, uh, restricting certain types of food throughout that diet. When you have something like that, it's like, is this or that there's no in between there's no let's play around with this and see if this works no you do this and that's it you get outside of that it ruins the whole diet so something like that there's no room to say i don't know if i want to do this or can i try this or i want to go out with my friends so this can i make this work it's this or nothing um but when you have a macro based diet the big thing is you have your calories First off, those most important, especially if weight loss is your goal. If you're already lean or you're working on more performance-based uh, performance based goals, then the macro breakdown, macronutrient breakdown becomes a little bit more important with your proteins, fats, and carbs. But calories comes first. So you want to focus on the intake versus output. Find that caloric balance. Do you need to be in a surplus? Do you need to be in a deficit? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to get bigger or are you trying to get smaller? It's that simple, but then you get to play around and do all the other fun stuff around that. So I want to break down how I set up macro uh, guidelines for my clients. So there's a couple different ways. I'm not going to go into the in-depth math equations that I use to set up a lot of the macronutrients. I'm going to show you the outline of that and then not go into the details because it's it takes a lot of time to explain and it also varies it changes often and that's how you get to be on top of it and stop people from plateauing because you'd have to know when to change because they're changing so you have to be able to adapt the plan with the person who is adapting to the plan it's a balancing act but let's start this off first so if you're trying to let's go with the most popular fitness goal lose weight what do you have to do to lose weight hmm what do you need to do? You need to be in a caloric deficit. Now, I know a lot of you have heard that numerous times over and over again. Caloric deficit, caloric deficit, because it is the most important thing. Now, to be in a caloric deficit, what do you have to do? You just have to consume less energy, less food than you expend. So throughout your day, walking, exercising, whatever you do, just the functions of your body, whatever energy is put out needs to be greater than what you put in to be in a caloric deficit. How do you know if you're a caloric deficit? 
That's where the fun comes in. So let's look at that. Your total daily energy expenditure is what you're looking at. And that's broken down as people call it the TDEE, totally total daily energy expenditure. You want to find what that is. And how do you find what that is? First, you need to look at um, the amount of calories that your body burns when it's doing nothing. When I say doing nothing, your body's never doing nothing as long as you're alive. But what is the minimum amount of energy used to do the most basic functions to keep you alive? You know, respiration, um, just your cell, normal cell reproduction, all that, breathing. All, what does it take? What kind of energy is put out through that? And that's called your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. Basal, base, metabolic, metabolism rate. What does it take just to do those basic functions? You have your BMR plus your NEAT. Oh my gosh, what is NEAT? Non-exercise activity. How did I forget this? Basically, those small movements and things you do throughout the day. Um, Like your fidgeting, your twitching. Like what I'm doing right now, talking with my hands. Those types of things that put throughout the day, that is your, your neat. Some people have higher neat than others. There's some people who are, you see them, they're, they're all over the place. They can't sit still ever. Um, or they're more laid back, which is me most of the time, calm, and don't do too much moving. But that is a part of it. Exercise, how much energy you put out every time you exercise, if you exercise. And then the thermic effect of food. So it does require energy to digest your food. Some foods have higher requirements than others. So all those put together will determine what your total daily energy expenditure is. I know that's a mouthful. Um, So you have to start out by figuring out what your BMR is. Everything else is secondary. So I'll let you guys know this. You can look this up, Mueller. The Mueller equation is what I use for my clients. M-U-L-L-E-R, Mueller equation. I use that one to... Get the baseline for a BMR when I'm really breaking it down. Now, I have all my equations. I know what I want to do, and I'll put it all down in Excel spreadsheets so I just plug in the important numbers, and I can be on the go, modify and change as I need to because I did that work for my clients so I can keep them on track and move them through their goals quickly. What does that look like? So I'm going to break it down for you. Here is the equation. Now, we're not going to go any further to this, but I just want you to understand the steps and how detailed things like this can be. So you take 13.587 times your lean body mass. So yes, you're going to have to know your body fat percent before you can even do this. So 13.587 times your lean body mass plus 9 point, I know this is a lot of numbers, 613 times your fat mass plus, there's another parenthesis coming right here, uh, 198 times now, this is where it becomes a little different for male and female. 198 times, there's a certain value given for sex. So males, you get a one, females, zero. So males, we get a couple extra, almost 200 extra calories added to that. So 198 times uh, male or female, one or zero. Then there's a minus, another set of parentheses, 3.315 times age, close parentheses, plus 
674. That's the whole equation. That's just for the BMR. That doesn't even include all the other stuff. So as I said, that can get to be pretty complicated. I know I just threw a whole bunch of numbers at you. It'd have been nice if I had a graphic on the screen or something, but I don't. So ignore all of that. Why? That's what I do. I want to get um, as much math and precision into everything I do. But there's a way that you can be just as precise without doing all that. And this is the method that I recommend for everyone else. And that's the guess and check method, the scientific method, uh, trial and error. And what you're going to do is track everything that you consume for two weeks. This is what I do with most of my clients when we start out because, one, I want people to be aware of what they're doing. It's a great tool just to make when someone's aware of the way they're eating, more often than not, they start to make changes without me ever saying anything, which is fantastic. Because you see, wow, I'm really doing things that I didn't realize. Or I'm eating all this, and I see how it affects me because I'm looking at my fitness pal, and I see all these calories on here. Oh, my goodness. I need to correct this. And it's just eye-opening for a lot of people. Like, I didn't realize that this is what I've been doing. So I start there. But what you're going to do in those two weeks, so pay attention here. This is for every single person. When you're doing this, you will take your weight. You will get on that scale every single day. Start of the day, same time. Your condition should be the same. As soon as you wake, this is real simple for me. I get out of bed, my alarm goes off, boom, turn it off. Hop out of bed. I go to the bathroom. I use the bathroom first thing in the morning. My scale's right next to the toilet. Then I hop on the scale. Get butt naked, clothes off, weigh myself, because I want it to be as accurate and as consistent and as precise as possible. So you want to have the same setup every single time. And you're going to do that every day for those two weeks. When you get all that information, what are you going to do with it? So as you're tracking your nutrition, hopefully your activity throughout the day is going to be pretty consistent. Now, if you want to take it to another level, you want to try and keep it as consistent as possible, but you can measure that as well. If you have some kind of like Fitbit or, or Apple Watch or <clears throat> Galaxy Watch, plug in there, Samsung, let's go. Um, you can use that. Track your activity, track your steps so you can still see... Was I more active this day? Was I less active? You can see that change on the scale as long as you're trying to stay as consistent as possible with your food. Now, you don't have to stay at a certain caloric intake, but if you do, it makes everything easier because regardless of if it's the same or not, you're going to average it out for the week. So if you were, let's, let's make some real basic numbers. You were eating 2,000 calories every day. For those two weeks, let's change it. Average two thousand calories a day for those two weeks, and in that you lost, let's say, four pounds as you were doing that. That means you lost two pounds a week. That means you were in a deficit. We know that for sure, a deficit that would have you lose two pounds per week. Thirty-five hundred calories pound fat. So assuming is fat you're gonna also be taking your uh, body fat percent as well but you're gonna see okay i lost that many so i was in uh 250 500 calorie deficit a day my math may not be correct but sounds pretty close let's again just use arbitrary numbers ignore all the other stuff but let's say it was 500 calories per day so you already know that if you're in a you need to add 500 calories on that every day to find your baseline. So that's what it is, your baseline. 
So now we know your baseline is 500 calories above what you've been eating. Ta-da. Now, I normally do some other things to kind of increase people's capacity for weight loss where I might fluctuate up and down with the food to change it all over the place where we will build up to break down. But now you know where your baseline is because you were in a deficit. So you have to add those calories back in to find that baseline. Now with that baseline, you can manipulate the calories that you take in each day to continue to lose at whatever rate you want to lose. So if you want to lose, maybe you want to stay where you were. You want to try and drop two pounds a week. Then that 500 calorie deficit that you already were in, continue to eat that way. And you'll continue to see that progress until your body starts to level out. And that's when you have to figure out, okay, when it changed. But you're going to stay at that until it doesn't have any more effect. So if you wanted to, let's say, only lose a pound a week because your goal is to lose 20 pounds in 20 weeks, then yes, you will be able to eat a little bit more. So you get to actually add 250 calories into what you're already eating. Now again, this is assuming that your activity level is the same throughout every day. Now it may vary. So let's have another case. Let's say you added in five pounds in those two weeks. So you're averaging two and a half pounds a week. What is something you can do to uh, balance that out? And this works the same way in a uh, weight loss as well. It's not all about the intake. It's also output. So we can say maybe we might want to add in a little bit of more activity. So maybe we're going to do 20 minutes of cardio a day, which on average, or you can make sure you put a specific number on it, but on average may burn you 200 calories. Let's say that. And that will help you get closer into that deficit. So there's a nice little give and take here, whether it be from the nutrition side, eating more or less, or the output side, adding a little bit more expenditure, or maybe pulling it back. Sometimes you have to pull it back, especially if you're trying to put on some weight. I know when I'm in my mass gaining phases, I don't I don't do much cardio at all. I do get up and go for my walks in the morning. Um, running around with my son will give me a lot of stuff as well, a lot of output. But as far as designated time for cardio outside of my morning walks, nah. Because I don't like to eat a ton of food. So the less I move, the better. Uh, I just move enough to keep my heart healthy, to be honest. That's it. So that's kind of the baseline. That's where you want to start. We're going to get into more details in the next live. I think I'm going to kind of expand this out into a series. So now you know how to start. So if you're figuring out, want to know where to go, start off there. Find your baseline. Find what's your maintenance level. So take a couple weeks. Track everything you eat, everything you drink, everything that is consumed and digest. You need to track that. Track your steps, your activity, and your workouts. Know those things. Weigh yourself every single day so you can see what effects it has on your body. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. This one's a little bit longer. Thanks for hanging in there. And as always, be more than muscle.